we are often told, God loves you. But what does that really mean? That some impersonal force galaxies away may consider you from time to time? Or that you are a single drop in a vast ocean of humanity and God cares for all of it? There are billions of lives, billions of stories. Can we really believe he has great destinies planned for all of them? Surely the ruler of the universe has more important affairs than to notice the needs of one singular individual. But hear this, nothing could be further from the truth. When God says, I love you, it means that he crafted every detail of your being. Your every feature is his perfect design. His mind perceives your worries and your thoughts. His heart is broken by your pain. You are his child, created in his image. Your value exceeds all the riches of earth. Your worth extends beyond the stars. And though you may be unaware, he's carefully constructing the events of your life to build his kingdom. If you are willing, he can and will achieve wonders through your hands. It is the deepest passion, the most meaningful promise. It is your security, your hope, and your future. It is the truth beyond doubt. God loves you. Good morning, church. It is great to be with you guys this morning. Um, great to be with you online, folks. Just a shout out to some online people that I haven't seen in a while. George and Marilyn Dockery and Stan and Sandy Sprinkle. Love you guys. Miss you guys. They are watching from home because they can't be here. So, um, But it is really good to be here. And today my mission is to really make Pastor Keith look great. So I'm going to kind of lower the bar. It's just... <laughs> Oh my gosh, just real quick, I mean, some of you guys I know, some I don't know, but I mean, I get most of my theology, my good theology from bumper stickers. And I saw this one this morning, it said, warning, student driver, be afraid, very afraid. Um, and, and you know, I'm a retired pastor now, so warning, um, retired pastor, be afraid, be very afraid. Um, pastor Keith uh, called me up uh, about a month or so ago and said, hey, could you preach today? Um, um, could you share the gospel? And he said, you know, we're in between series, just preach on whatever. And whatever happens to be one of my favorite verses um, from Philippians, uh, Philippians 1.27. It's in your handout. Um, I encourage you to look at your handout because uh, uh, I may not know anything, but the handout knows stuff, okay? Um, and, and you all know, if you take notes, it's just a little bit easier to get in heaven. Everybody knows that, so take, take notes. I mean, some of you guys are there on your own, but um, taking notes will help you. Um, but I, I just want to share that text. Um, whatever happens, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And I want to break that verse um, into three parts. It's, the first part is whatever happens. And we'll fuss with that just in a little bit, whatever happens. The second part, conduct yourselves in a manner. Um, we'll fuss with that too. 
the last part is really what I want to fuss with. Um, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. The gospel is one of those words we throw around a whole bunch at church. And um, I don't know about you, but it's, it's hard to do sort of an elevator speech on what the gospel is. Um, some of you guys know I went to work for Love, Inc., Love in the Name of Christ. I, I thought it was a dating site at first, but it's not. Um, <laughs> but but I've, I, I've been working there for three months, and it's still hard for me to capture what Love, Inc. does. They do so many things. It's an amazing organization. They really try to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the community working together with churches. But I, but I don't have an elevator speech yet. But this is my gospel. This is God's gospel elevator speech. This is God speaking to us. Um, challenging us with, this is the gospel, okay? Um, oftentimes, the gospel is translated into good news or, or the story of Jesus, but, but listen to this. If you get nothing else from the message, this is important, okay? Uh, number one, God loves you, okay? John three sixteen. for God so loved the world, God loves you. Not just the world, but us, but you and me. God loves us. Um, the second one is God is with us. Right here, you guys talked about it, we sang about it, God is right here with us. You know, I was raised, I thought God was a million miles away up in heaven somewhere, but God, God with us, um, Galatians 3.20, Christ in me. Um, so um, God loves you, God's with us, God knows we're not perfect. God knows we're not perfect. Um, and I love that one because, you know, all of us, when we're honest, we're broken. We're broken. Um, all, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Jesus from the cross saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. But then the last one too. Um, so uh, God, loves, God loves you. God's with you. God knows you're not perfect. And the last one, don't quit. Okay, that's, that's my gospel for you this morning. God loves you. God's with you. Um, God knows you're not perfect. And don't quit. And I just want to fuss with that don't quit part just for a second. Um, and, and not with a show of hands, not with a head nod, but have you ever wanted to give up? Have you ever wanted to give up? Just kind of throwing the towel. Um, and uh, I, don't know, um, I don't know about you, but I have been there. I have gone to a dark place over something relatively small, but I've gone to a dark place and wanted to just say, you know what, enough, I'm, I'm done, I'm done. Ever been there where you just go into a really dark place and you wanted to give up? The gospel is reminding us, don't give up. Don't give up. You know, near and dear to my heart is just some of the mental health issues that, that our community struggles with. Here's, here's a fact. One out of three high school kids have thought about suicide. One out of three high school kids have thought about suicide. One out of seven have attempted it, some level. That's a scary thought. You know, I've done one too many kids' funerals, suicide funerals, uh, to do one is, is way more than enough, but um, the challenge is to remember this gospel. God, God loves you. God's with you. God knows we're not perfect, and don't quit. Don't give up. Um, I want to share this prayer with you guys this morning, God's prayer to us this morning. These are God's words. These are God's promises. You will be given everything you need You'll be given everything you need to accomplish what you've been asked to do. It's the next fill in the blank. You'll be given everything you need to accomplish what you've been asked to do. Everybody believe that? You know, in the midst of uh, 
the struggle, in the midst of the muck, in the midst of the battle, sometimes it's really hard to believe that. Um, you may be saying that may be true for some folks, but you don't know my situation. God says stop. God says stop. God says stop. From Ephesians 3.20, um, now to him, not to God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that, is in, that works within us. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to God's power that is within us. You will be given everything you need to accomplish what you've been asked to do. What's God asked us to do? And I don't want to oversimplify this, but what's God asked us to do? And sometimes we get it confused um, with what we're doing, with what God's asked us to do. But, but from a thousand feet up, what's God asked us to do? And I think it's boiled down in churchy language. We sometimes call it the great commandment. But I think it's, here's our mission. Love the Lord your God with your whole heart, with your whole soul, with all your, whole, all your strength, and with all your mind. And the second one is just like it, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I love how Max Lucado summarizes these things. Love God, love God with everything you've got, then love the things God loves. Love God with everything you've got, and love the things God loves. Love the thing God's love, love God's people, and when we love God's people, we love God. This past Friday afternoon, I, I got a phone call from an old friend, said, hey, uh, my husband's not doing so well. He was a friend, too, and I went over to Littleton Hospital just to, just to be with them. And my friend is not doing well. Um, and near the end of our time together, we talked about end-of-life stuff, hard stuff, real stuff. And after a sweet visit, I told my friend and his wife that I loved them. But they were on the fifth, fifth floor, um, ICU floor. Um, took the elevator down, and the elevator stopped on the third floor. And this guy comes in with a cart loaded to the gills with stuff. And I asked him, how's it going? And he said, it's going great. Um, my wife comes home today, and our new baby boy comes home today. You know, one person near the end of their life, and one at the beginning of their life. One with the headlight just this far, and one with the headlight that seems to go on forever. I've shared this with you guys sometimes before, but I think it comes back to loving God with everything you got and loving um, the things God loves. Ram Dass, favorite, one of my favorite quotes, um, when it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, we're all just walking each other home. When it's all said and done, we're all just walking each other home. Um, and I, I picture when we do church close to being right, we're arm in arm walking each other home, caring for each other, loving each other, walking each other home. You'll be given everything you need to accomplish what you've been asked to do. You will be given everything you need to accomplish what you've been asked to do. Um, but what gets in the way of that? You know, just fill in the blank. What gets in the way of that? Um, what gets in the way of loving God with everything you've got and loving the things God loves? Whatever happens, right? Whatever happens. And going back to this morning's text, whatever happens, it's not a question, it's a statement. Whatever happens. We all know this stuff happens, bad stuff happens. Back in the 90s, we used to put it on bumper stickers. Mm, happens, bad stuff happens, stuff happens, caca happens. Um, what gets in the way of us loving God and loving God's people? 
Almost a year ago now, March 22nd, I remember it like it was yesterday, I got a phone call from my dad who lived in Florida. And my dad said, uh, are you sitting down? I said, yes. And he said, uh, I've got the big C. I've got cancer. And I asked him what kind, and he said, bad kind, pancreatic cancer. And he said, it, uh, stage four, it already uh, metastasized to his liver. Um, the doctor was recommending hospice right away. March 22nd, whatever happens, happened to us. Um, some of the reason why I left, I, I, I retired at the end of April here um, because um, I got a chance to walk my dad all the way to heaven with my wife and with my siblings. Um, it was a great blessing. It was a great blessing. Somewhere along the way, I asked my dad, near, near the end, I said, Dad, do you have any regrets? Do you have any regrets? And he was sitting in his chair. He was still able to sit up um, with his eyes closed, Thought about it for a second, and then he shook his head. No. I want to go out with no regrets, too. Um, do you have regrets? Are there regrets in our lives right now? Maybe we still have a chance to change them. A woman by the name of Bonnie Ware wrote a book. Um, she was a hospice nurse, a pal palliative care nurse, for a whole bunch of years. And she, um, she walked with folks who were dying for a long time. Sometimes it was a month, sometimes it was a year, but she, you know, she learned to hear what they were saying, and oftentimes um, they would talk about their regrets. And she ended up writing a book called Top Five Regrets of the Dying, A Life Transformed by the Dearly Departing. These are the top five regrets of the dying. This is number five. I wish I had let myself be happier. I wish I had let myself be happier. Number four, I wish I had stayed uh, in touch with my friends. Number three, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Number two, I wish I hadn't worked so much. Number one, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Anybody convicted by some of those regrets? Anybody challenged by those regrets? I think all of us on our deathbed, we want to say no regrets, and I thank you, Pop, for modeling that for me. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go out with any regrets. Um, I want to learn something from these regrets that we just shared, a life transformed by the dearly departing. But here's the dilemma, here's the battle. Whatever happens, life stuff happens, bad stuff happens, broken stuff happens, versus you will be given everything you need. Whatever happens, whatever happens. Whatever happens, that's the first part of that text. But the second part of the text, and I think it's really important, whatever happens, this is true. But here's our challenge. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. What, it mean, what does it mean to conduct yourselves in a manner? I think it means this. Remember this. Don't forget this. Train yourself to do this. Be ready for this. Practice this so you'll be ready when the whatever happens. EMTs, ambulance workers, rescue teams, paramedics, nurses, doctors, firefighters, soldiers, they all practice for the whatever. Two weeks ago when the Kansas City Chiefs had their big parade celebration, just this scene I remember, there's this shooting, and most people are running away from the shooting, but these men in blue, they're running towards the shooting. I think that's what it means, whatever happens, conduct yourselves. Conduct yourselves in this way. Be prepared for the whatever because it will happen. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy 
the gospel of Christ. Coming back around to the gospel, God loves you, God's with you, God knows you're not perfect, don't give up, don't quit. Whatever happens versus you'll be given everything you need. And I'm gonna fuss with this part, I'm gonna fuss with that prayer, you'll be given everything you need to accomplish what you've been asked to do. You will be given everything you need to accomplish what you've been asked to do. I want to just fuss with this, and I'll go through this pretty quickly. Um, Here's some of God's promises, but also God's challenges to us. Being confident of this, this from Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that God who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Being confident in this, that God who began a good work in you, God began a good work in you, he's going he's to bring it home. You're not, God's not done with you yet. As long as you've got breath, as long as your heart's beating, God's not done with you yet. Um, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. We're all a work in process. We're all a work in process. We we may not be there yet, but we're on our way. We're all on our way. Next time someone asks you, how's it going, just tell them, pretty good, but I'm on my way. Okay? Here's another challenge to God's you will be given everything you need. Um, from Philippians 2.5, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. What was Jesus' attitude? I mean, he did get ticked off a few times. He turned, rearranged the furniture in that temple that day with the money changers and the, and the dove guys. And he got ticked off a lot at, at pastor types, church types, because their hearts were so hard and they thought it was this way. And Jesus said, no, that's a way, but this is my way. And there was tension there. But most of the time, Jesus had this attitude where he loved the people that looked like you and me, the tax collectors and the sinners, the, the broken people. And he loved the edged people, the folks that sometimes we would step over to, or work around. But Jesus loved those people. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Anybody here ever need an attitude adjustment? <laughs> Just on Tuesday, I had one of those days, and my sweet wife... Um, she said, we're going we're gonna to walk this out of you. So we walked for four miles. <laughs> I'm not sure if the attitude still was uh, adjusted correctly. Um, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. A couple more verses. Um, this is St. Paul again to the Philippians. And, and I love this text. Um, I love this text, but often I forget it. Um, but here goes. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind And straining toward what is ahead, we press on toward the goal to win the prize, which God has called us heavenward, Christ Jesus. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Why is it so hard for us, for me, to forget what's what's happened in the past? Um, And sometimes I have this voice that says, man, you you know what? I I know you're trying to do this, but man, you you don't have it to do that. Ever, Ever have a voice like that that's just speaking to you? And I know this is Jesus' voice, uh, John 10.10. 10. Um, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. And I want to listen to that voice and forget the other voice. Sometimes that thief voice is so loud. Um, God's calling us to life, to live. Um, last verse. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, 
whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. And these four verses are on the back of your bulletin if you want to reference them. Um, but finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about these things. Stop listening to that voice in your head, that negative voice, that voice of the, uh, of the, de- of, you know, the voice of the thief. Stop listening to that. Forget those voices. You will be given everything you need to accomplish what you've been asked to do. God's promise to us. Versus whatever happens, we know that happens. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. God's promise to us and God's challenge to us. I want to share this story. Um, it's not my story. Uh, a man named Ernest Gordon wrote a book, um, a World War II book, To End All Wars. And he shares this story in it. He was a, an officer in the British Army during World War II, and he was captured and placed in a POW camp where they were forced to build a railroad along the River Kwai in western Thailand. Years ago, they made a movie about this story. But under brutal and inhumane conditions, 120 degree heat, all kinds of filth, tropical diseases, stinging insects, no medicine, not enough food, some 80,000 men died while they were building that railroad. Two, 393 men died for each mile of track laid. Prisoners, they were not just brutalized by the work and the conditions and their guards, but they became brutal themselves. They began to live by the rule of the jungle, survival of the fittest. A stronger prisoner would attack a weaker, weaker prisoner just for a few grains of rice. Until one day, maybe you guys have heard this story, until one day at the end of the workday, a shovel was missing. And one of the guards shouted, who, who, who stole it? Who's trying to escape? And no one came forward. And he took out his rifle and said, I will start shooting men one by one by one until someone steps forward, until someone confesses. And that's when one man stepped forward and said, I took it. And he was beaten and bludgeoned to death right there. Later that night, it was discovered by the work crew the shovel was not missing. They had miscounted. It had been there all the time. It was a mistake. And that's when some of the men from the POW camp remembered that verse from the Bible. Greater love has no man than this to lay down his life for his friends. Greater love has no man than this to lay down his life for his friends. And from that day forward, something began to happen in the, in the prison. The prisoners began to see and treat each other differently. Men who were stronger would share food with those who were weaker. And Gordon himself got sick with fever, and he was placed in a place they called the death house, where people would go to die. But Gordon had friends. He had a Methodist friend and a Roman Catholic friend, and they came there to take care of him, to nurse him back to health. And when he had latrine duty just to save him from the suffering, they would take care of it for them. And Gordon writes he had not thought about religion or God or Jesus in a long time, but he began to think about it now. And they all did. So they started a chapel. And he became their unofficial pastor. They even began a garden so they could grow some medicinal herbs to, um, to try and help each other towards health. 
And they started an unofficial university where they taught philosophy and history and seven different languages, um, Latin and Greek and Russian. They were so transformed that at the end of the war, instead of treating their captors with hate and brutality that would have been justified, they treated them with forgiveness and mercy and grace. Ernest Gordon went on to become the dean of chapel at Princeton University. It all happened because a man stepped forward and said, I want to I help my friends. Good church happened at that POW camp. Whatever happens, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Some 2,000 years ago, whatever happened on that hill just outside of Jerusalem, and Jesus said, I love you guys. I love you this much with outstretched arms on that cross. Jesus said, I love you this much. Just to review that gospel, God loves you. God's with you. God knows you're not perfect. Don't give up. Here's our homework for the week, and I'm going to ask the band to come up here. Um, we'll finish up. Um, here's your homework. Be the gospel for someone this week. Share the gospel with someone that needs it this week. Live out the gospel um, this week. And the gospel is God's love for us, God's amazing love for us, um, and oftentimes we call it amazing grace. Um, some of you guys know this. I only know three songs on the guitar. Um, I'm going to play all three today, so you just hold on. No. Um, <laughs> Amazing grace.
Lord.